Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number 6, top 36 running back rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to check out my Patreon where I post my weekly rankings as well as give an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, it is linked in the video description for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my top 36, week number six. Crazy, it's already week six. Running back rankings for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the running back position with running backs one through four. All of these running backs are must starts for the week. Christian McCaffrey is my RB1 going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Now I get on paper this isn't the easiest matchup on earth and the Cleveland Browns defense as a whole is very solid. But at the end of the day, I cannot talk myself out of ranking Christian McCaffrey as the number one running back. Last week, he was the running back 12 in PPR, a down week for Christian McCaffrey's standards. But this man has scored a touchdown in every single game of the season. And he has a grand total of eight touchdowns. Again, even if the Cleveland Browns defense is rock hard, Viagra hard, I still genuinely believe that Christian McCaffrey could drop a 30 bomb on this defense. So Christian McCaffrey is my RB1 at number two. We got Austin Eckler of the LA Chargers going up against the Dallas Cowboys at home in LA. Now Austin Eckler has stated himself that he is 99% sure that he will play in week number six. Now obviously there is still that 1% chance that he's out, but ultimately he has missed a ton of games. He was out week two, three, four and then the bye week so he's missed four weeks of the season technically three games for the Chargers I think he will be back here the Cowboys defense pretty tough against the pass but up against the run I definitely think Austin Eckler could get his thing wet in this matchup he was the RB2 in week one up against my Dolphins defense Eckler is still one of the best running backs in the NFL we all know Justin Herbert the pervert loves to dump the ball off his way at number three we have Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the LA Chargers in LA now now, for Tony Pollard, he has had two down games outside the top 24, running back 29 last week against the Niners and running back 26 against the New England Patriots. Now, both of these games were blowouts. It was just in opposite directions. Against the 49ers, they got bent over a table. Against the Patriots, their defense stood so tall that they didn't even really have to do much late in the game. I think this is going to be a much closer game. I don't really see this being a blowout from either the Chargers or the Dallas Cowboys. That makes me feel a lot more confident in Tony Pollard. And again, I think this is a strong bounce back week for him. He could easily be a top three, maybe even the RB1 this week against that Chargers defense. At number four, we got B. John Robinson of the Atlanta Falcons going up against a soft as baby shit commander's defense. Last week, a bit of a down game for B. John running back 22. We did ultimately see Tyler Algier did get more carries than him, but I think Arthur Smith is going to get back in the lab and realize, hey, I'm a fucking idiot. I need to give the ball back to Bijan, currently the running back seven on the season. Again, there are so many good things to say about Bijan. We already know we're starting Bijan. We already know how good he is. Next up, we move to the A tier at the running back position. While this is a wider tier, all of these guys are must starts as well. Raheem, the dream Mostert going up against the Carolina Panthers at home in Miami. In my opinion, this is a five star matchup like it's fucking Grand Theft Auto 5, baby. 
I love Mostert against the Panthers defense. Devin two chains. Devin Achan is going to be missing this game. I know Jeff Wilson might be playing here, but I think it is going to be Raheem Mostert season all game long here. This Panthers defense just cannot keep up with the speed of Raheem Mostert, and it wouldn't surprise me if he scored two or three touchdowns in this spot. Next up, we move to David Montgomery of the Detroit Lions going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Now, David Montgomery has been a top five running back in back-to-back weeks, and Dan Campbell even came out today and basically implied that Gibbs is just a luxury piece on this offense. He's the side piece. David Montgomery is the main bitch, and David Montgomery has been bitching out these defenses. He scored a touchdown in every single game, just like his name was Christian McCaffrey. Three touchdowns a week four, one touchdown last week, up against the Panthers, over 100 yards in two straight games, and he's also been getting a lot more targets than I thought he would. Gibbs may play, may not play. This guy is a stone-cold lock, even up against a Bucks defense I think's a little bit tougher to be a top. 10 back. Next up, we move to the RB7. Travis Etienne of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Travis Etienne said himself this week that after that domination in London where he was the RB1 against the Bills, hanging 36 points on their head top, he played against himself in fantasy, which is always hilarious to think that these guys play fantasy football in the NFL. And then, obviously, one of their friends is just going to take them number one overall. Then you have to play against yourself, which must be tough. Ultimately, I don't think he's going to have all that explosive of a performance this week, finishing as the RB1, but very plausible. He finishes inside the top eight. Like I said, currently my RB number seven. He has been very consistent all season long, even when the Jags were kind of topsy-turvy, losing games that they shouldn't have lost and needing to shake off a bit of that dust that was on him. Travis Etienne was still going balls deep in defenses, so I like Etienne a ton. Up against the Colts at number Number eight, we have Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Houston Texans in Houston. Top nine running back in both games ever since returning from being locked up, suspended by Roger Goodell. Last week looked really good up against the Patriots, scoring his first touchdown of the year. Now, the Texans' defense as a whole is pretty good, but up against the run, they're a little bit soft. They're a little bit fugazi, and I think Alvin Kamara is going to see a lot of opportunity to touch the rock in this game. Also, Derek Carr is definitely still banged up, so I think there's going to be a lot of check down opportunities for Alvin Kamara. Again, up against the Texans defense, that is not great up against the run. At number 9, we have J.J. Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders, and J.J. the fucking jet plane is going up against the Patriots. Now I know it was a slow start. It wasn't a chugga-chugga-choo-choo, chugga-choo-choo, right? Instantly. It was like a chugga-chugga-chugga like 5,000 times. And then the choo-choo, right? RB6 last week, RB3 the week prior. I know entering into the season, the Patriots were a defense that would send shivers down your spine like a spooky, scary skeleton. But what I'll tell you right now is the Patriots defense doesn't scare me one bit. 
I know that Jimmy Garoppolo might end up throwing some stupid-ass pick in this game, but ultimately, Josh Jacobs has been on a tear. He's been seeing a lot of targets, 5, 11, 5, and 6 over the last four games, has a touchdown in back-to-back -back weeks, and I think he finds his way into the end zone yet again in week number 6 to close out the A-tier. Kenneth Walker the third of the Seahawks obviously had a bye last week prior to that, a top 14 running back in three straight games. Now, it does appear that they try to use Zach Charbonnet every once in a while, but Zach Charbonnet hasn't really been stealing away the targets that I thought he would. Now, it's not like Kenneth Walker is Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey out there with the upside to catch 10 passes every single week, but he could get two to three receptions every single game, and that is just brownie points for Kenneth Walker. The matchup up against the Bengals, the Bengals defense has gotten better basically every week of the season. But James Conner was looking pretty good against them last week. Amari DiMarcado, the Italian Stallion, looked good against them as well. So I think Kenneth Walker should be just fine. A pretty safe bet to be a top 10 back this week. Now we move into the B tier. Again, all guys that I'm still confident in, they are just a little bit of a step down from the players in the A tier. DeAndre Swift of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the New York Jumbo Jets in Gotham. Running back 10 last week, 12 the week prior. Now, the most frustrating thing about having DeAndre Swift on your fantasy team is that the touchdowns just won't be there all that often. He has two touchdowns on the year, even though with how hard he's been running and how well he's been running, as well as catching passes out of the backfield, you'd probably think he scored five touchdowns in the four games where he was actually given an opportunity. But once they get to the goal line, you already know what time it is. It's going to be the brotherly shove, the tush push, which is just going to send you into insanity. Far Cry 3 style, but ultimately at the end of the day, even though the touchdowns are hard to come by for DeAndre Swift, same shit was happening in Detroit, but instead of Jamal Williams, now it's Jalen Hurts. I still think DeAndre Swift is a guy with so much upside every week. The matchup against the Jets isn't a wet dream. It is far from it. It's a scary one, but I still think Swift gets it done. Running back number 12, Kyron Williams of the LA Rams going up against the Arizona Cardinals at home in LA. Now, last week was a bit of a doozy for Kyron Williams against the Eagles defense. 13 carries for 53 yards as well as four receiving yards. No touchdown. Running back 32. But this is a guy who has been running back four, two, and nine this season. I get some people will get their panties in a bunch and panic about Kyron Williams, but there is no panic in me, especially with a matchup here that is just mouthwatering up against the Arizona Cardinals. Out to out to close things out here, what I meant to say, the running back 13 to close out the B tier. Then we hop on into the C tier. A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, like I'm fucking Michael Jackson here. Isaiah Pacheco going up against the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos defense is so fucking bad that one of us could suit up as the lead back for the Kansas City Chiefs and run a train on this defense. Pacheco has been very reliable over the last three weeks. Running back 15, 6, and 12. Now, I know he started off the season a little bit slow as the running back 30 and 29, but he's really came into his own recently. Now, obviously, Jarek McKinnon's going to get play. So is CEH, and maybe one of them end up vulturing Pacheco in this spot, and it'll be a bit frustrating, but Pacheco has scored a touchdown in three straight games. He continues to impress me. He just looks so fucking mad at the ground when he runs. He's like a toddler stomping his feet after their parents take away his iPad or some shit. I guess that's what kids do nowadays. 4.6 yards per carry against a 
awful dick cheese Denver Broncos defense expect a huge showing out of Isaiah Pacheco. Next up, we move to the C tier. All guys that I'm still confident in. Once we get into the D tier, that's where things start to get gross again. They're definitely a jump down, in my opinion, from the guys in the B, A, and S tier. But you're not really pissed off if you have to start any of these guys, right? You're not really that nervous. Now, there's reasons to be nervous about all of these guys, kind of, but you're not really putting him in your lineup scared, shaking in your boots, right? Joe Mixon last week just could not get in the end zone, was given roughly a gazillion opportunities against the Cardinals, finishing as the running back 14. I've said it all season, Joe Mixon does not look like the Joe Mixon from a couple of years ago, but he doesn't look washed enough to where it's like, oh, we're watching Joe Mixon on a retirement fucking tour out there. Running back 14 last week, 81 rushing yards, 13 receiving yards, the only thing that Mixon needs to be a top 12 back is just score a touchdown in this game. I am not frightened in any means by the Seattle Seahawks defense. The bigger question here is, can the O-line kind of wake up and let Mixon get some room to get into the end zone on the goal line, as well as the fact that we need to make sure, at least for Joe Burrow's or Joe Mixon's sake, that Joe Burrow is actually back and that wasn't just a Fugazi game against the Cardinals. At number 15, we got Brees Hall of the New York Jumbo Jets going up against the Philadelphia Eagles at home in New York. Like I said, the Denver Broncos defense is so bad. Running back three last week for Brees Hall, over 170 yards, 17 receiving yards, and a touchdown. This week, seems like a game to come back down to earth, right? Now, I'm not saying that he's going to end up being a bust, right? He's my running back 15. But when you go that crazy, you go nuclear, you go fucking behemoth sicko mode on the goddamn defense, I don't think that's going to happen against the Eagles. Now, the Eagles have been a bit underwhelming, both offensively and defensively this season, in my opinion, especially defensively, but they're still a team that's undefeated. They are still a team that should be able to handle the New York Jumbo Jets. So I'm tempering my expectations this week, but I was very happy to see that Robert Sala ended up really taking the leash off of Brees Hall and giving him the workload that he deserves. At number 16, we got D-Rock Henry of the Tennessee see Titans tractor Cedo going up against the Ravens on Sunday in the morning in London running back 28 last week it is very easy to understand why Derrick Henry does good in some games and does bad in other games in game scripts where the Titans aren't getting bent over a table and smacked like a child who did something wrong then they're able to run the ball effectively throughout the game and Derrick Henry gets his run but if they're down bad, they're getting shellacked. Then they have to go to Tajay Spears because he's better at catching passes. So if this is a game that ends up being close, which I think will happen because it's in London, then I think Derrick Henry should do pretty good here, finish inside the top 20 pretty easily. But there are ways where things could go very wrong, right? And the Titans are, you know, Tannehill shits the bed, throws two interceptions, and then they're just chasing all game long, throwing the rock to Traylon Burks, who may or may not play, to uh, D-Hop, Chig, as well as Nick Westbrook, Ekaine, all those guys. And that sucks for Henry. So we'll see how this one goes. That's kind of why I have him ranked more modestly when he's up against bad defenses and bad teams. It's way easier to rank him inside the top 12. At number 17, we got James Let Him Cook up against the Buffalo or the Buffalo Bills up against the New York football giants. 
at 8.20, the night game on Sunday night. Now, last week, James Cook set the kitchen on fucking fire, and Gordon Ramsay called him an idiot sandwich because this motherfucker had negative four rushing yards, four targets, three receptions, 25 yards, a doozy of a game for James Cook. But am I going to panic? Am I going to whimper around and cry? No, I'm not panicking. I got James Cook on my teams. The Giants' defense sucks donkey dick. Terrible. They could not stop anyone. James Cook should be able to hop back on the saddle here. But I will note that this does kind of reek of a game that gets out of hand. And late in the game, we see a lot more Latavius Murray and Damian Harris. So hopefully James Cook gets it done early and often. But again, I'm not really panicking about him. At number 18, we got Alexander Matheson of the cold-like Minnesota Vikings going up against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. We all know that the Bears defense is really bad against the run. Last week, Brian Robinson was a swing and a miss for the Commanders, mainly because the Bears got off to a lead. DJ Moore was dancing on their grave. And they had to abandon the run. They had to throw a lot with Sam Howell. I don't think that the Vikings are going to have to abandon the run here. Now, could the Bears beat the Vikings without Justin Jefferson? I would think so. Definitely possible. But without Justin Jefferson also means to me that they're going to rely more on the rushing attack. Only eight carries for Madison last week against the Chiefs. Definitely should be closer to 17 or 20. Cam Akers is there not really doing much. Like Cam Akers didn't look great this season in L.A., He's not really being taken super seriously, in my opinion, in Minnesota. Alexander Madison, despite his early season struggles, is still the guy. He's basically a guaranteed top 20 running back, knock on wood, every single week. The upside is certainly there against the Bears. But again, Madison hasn't looked electrifying enough for me to really push him up the rankings some more. If you guys have enjoyed today's video so far, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. Moving now to the D tier, where things start to get a little bit gross, where I start to grimace a little bit thinking of these names like the fucking purple dude from McDonald's. Running back 30 last week, like I said, against the Bears, wet dream matchup, six carries, 10 rushing yards, four targets, four receptions, four for four like he was at Wendy's for 33 yards, running back 30. But prior to that, he was on a pretty safe roll, running back 15, 35, 1, and 15. Again, one down game should not make you panic about Brian Robinson, but I will say, I do declare that I think that the Falcons' defense is a little bit better than people give him credit for. And Antonio Gibson, looking as good as he did last week, does scare me that Gibson's going to get a little bit more work going forward than we've been used to. At number 20, we got Zach Moss of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a division rivalry matchup in Jacksonville. Zach Moss in Jonathan Taylor's return game basically shut the door right in the face of Jonathan Taylor, right? He's barely playing. Zach Moss is the RB2, 160 plus yards, two tugs, something light, 30 receiving yards in that game. Now this week, I think they're going to ramp up Jonathan Taylor some more. But I don't think they're going to wrap up John or ramp up Jonathan Taylor to the maximum like his album just went platinum like a Drake and DJ Khaled song. So here going up against the Jaguars, I still feel pretty confident in Zach Moss. But what I will tell you is there is that worry in the back of my head that tells me that maybe they do just go balls deep with Jonathan Taylor here. JT has a huge game and Zach Moss ends up being a big fat bust. But I will note as well. That even when JT's running well, with how good Moss has looked, you're not just completely phasing him out. At running back 21, can you do something for me? Damian Pierce going up against the Saints. 
Been pretty solid this year for Damian Pierce. Started off slow, kind of hopped back on the saddle the last couple of weeks. 20-plus carries in back-to-back games. Didn't finish the highest against Atlanta as the running back 27, but we know that the touches are going to be there. The Saints defense is much better against the pass when compared to against the run. The question is, can C.J. Stroud keep this as a close game, or is this going to be a blowout like what the Saints just did to the Patriots, mainly because of how great their defense was? We shall see, but the Patriots look like a team that is dead on arrival every week, and the Texans at least look like they got a little bit of fire in their belly. At number 22, we got Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Like we just said with Zach Moss last week, it was just an ease-in process, right? Just the tip for Jonathan Taylor. Six carries, 18 rushing yards, one target, one reception, 16 yards. Nothing crazy. I think it gets ramped up further this week. Now, I'm not fully ready to say that they're just going to go balls deep here with Jonathan Taylor, but based upon how much confusion there is at running back after the D tier, again, the D tier, it's a little bit confusing. It's a little bit suspect. But after this, it starts opening up and getting even more scary, even more frightening. I still do think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a pretty decent showing, but I will acknowledge it's pretty clear he might just get six points. This week, right? And then they continue the slow ramp on until eventually he's a guy that's a top three running back weekly. Before we get on into running backs 23 through 36, the rest of the video, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds. If you don't know what Underdog Fantasy's Pick'em is and you don't know how it works, I will explain to you guys real quick. You need to make at least two picks from their player Pick'ems in any given game. You can do just Sunday. In today's video, we are going to do Thursday Night Football. So up against the Kansas City Chiefs, I do feel as though the Denver Broncos are going to have to throw the ball a decent amount. So we're going to go with higher than 219 and a half passing yards for Russell Wilson. And then we're going to scroll down because you need at least one player from each team. And then we're going to go with Isaiah Pacheco, higher than 73 and a half rushing yards. The Denver Broncos defense cannot stop anyone running the rocks. You need at least two picks. If both of these hit, you will get three times your entry fee. If you want to do three picks, it is six times. Four picks is 10 times. And five picks is 20 times your entry fee again. Every single pick has to hit. You can even match these with the early game on Sunday or any of the games on the Sunday slate. If you guys are new to Underdog Fantasy and live in any of these states that are on your screen right now, if you use promo code Notorious, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. So you deposit $100, they give an additional $150, additional $50, $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. Again, promo code Notorious or click on the link in the video description if you have a gambling problem. Please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, now we move to Saquon Barkley. Now, Saquon Barkley still listed as questionable. Wouldn't even say that he's a lock to play. Logs limited practice on Wednesday. Gotta follow the injury report for him to kind of figure out what's actually going on throughout the week. Now, this team is dead. This team sucks. Who cares if Tyrod plays or Daniel Jones? This team is dead. Bad news bears. But are you ever going to really be able to sit Saquon? Because again, even through this team being dog shit, he's probably still going to find his way into the top 24 at running back. Plus, the Bills are not the best against the rush, and the Bills' defense is severely banged up. Very sad what's happened to the Bills. Obviously, never root for injuries. Sucks to see. Uh, so Saquon could have a good game here. 
if he plays. But again, that's a huge if. At number 24, we got Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Now, my personal opinion on things was earlier on in the week, hey, this game is on Thursday. I don't think Javante is going to come back because, you know, it's just a, it's a quick turnaround. I don't think he's going to play, but now it appears that he's good to go for week six with that quad injury. So I'm going to rank him pretty highly. He hasn't really had that blow up game this season, but the Broncos with Jaleel McLaughlin as the lead back really appeared to have figured out the rushing game. Now, maybe that's just that Jaleel has some extra juice in his youth that Javante Williams doesn't have, but I really like Javante Williams in the draft process. I was really excited about the upside he has. Even if the Denver Broncos offense sucks, Javante is still a key piece in this offense. To close out the D tier, running back 25, Jerome Ford F-150 going up against the 49ers. Now, he did kind of have a sleeper game, and not like a sleeper like in fantasy when you find a sleeper. It's like, oh my oh my god, I drafted Puka Nakua in the 15th round. I'm a fucking genius. More of a sleeper game, like, put you to sleep watching it. Now, it wasn't that bad. Running back 24, week four against the Ravens. By week, week five. Now they're coming out against the Niners with more than likely Deshaun Watson out and DTR under center. The matchup scares me. The quarterback scares me. But what I will tell you is this Jerome Ford motherfucker just continues to find a way into the end zone or just into fantasy relevance. Again, this is going to be probably his worst game where he's actually given carries. I really do think so. But again, he has just proven me wrong so many times in a row that at some point, I got to just accept that he's really much better than I thought. Moving now to the E-tier running backs, 26, the Italian stallion, Imari Di Marcato. Now, I don't know if he's actually Italian, but I love saying this man's name. Running back 18 last week after James Conner got hurt. Now, it is still very up in the air who the running back one is going to be. Right now, DeMarcado is listed as the RB2, and Keontae Ingram is the RB1. And it's going to be interesting to see how both of them are utilized this week. Do we see DeMarcado kind of get put in the cuck chair by Keontae Ingram, who I don't think is very good? Or is DeMarcado as the running back two going to fucking fly by, fly past, Ingram and become the guy. I would think so. Now, again, there's a reason why he's in the E tier because he's listed as the RB2. So there is a lot of panic in my mind for him. The matchup against the Rams is pretty so so. I think he has the juice. I do to be good. I do. But uh, there is reasons to be worried. At number 27, we got Rashad with two A's white going up against the Lions. Lions defense scares the ever-living shit out of me. They are not a great matchup for running backs, and this is a defense that has gotten way better as the season has went along. Now, Rashad White has a pretty clear stranglehold over this backfield like he's fucking Darth Vader given the force choke, right? It's not like Sean Tucker the fucker is going to take over for Rashad White, but even with that said, to me, he's not very efficient. He's 3.3 yards per carry. He's going to get three to four targets a game, get you 30 receiving yards. Against the Lions, I don't think that's going to be enough for him to be really good with 14 carries. I don't think he's going to rush for 100 yards, right? Now, when he gets better matchups coming forward like Atlanta or... That I think is a pretty decent matchup, or the Bills, or the Texans, then yeah, 
Yeah, I start to feel real confident, Rashad White. But against the Lions, I'm pretty scared. At number 28, we got Miles Sanders of Miles Sanders, like I'm fucking Mike Tyson, going up against the Miami Dolphins in Miami Gardens. Now, Miles Sanders was not participating in Wednesday practice. Now, he's been dealing with a shoulder injury, was dealing with a groin injury. This motherfucker is dealing with every type of injury. I don't like him at all. I didn't like him in the fantasy football draft process. I haven't really liked him this season. But this is a get-right game, right? Even if your your ankle hurts, your fucking toe hurts, my pussy hurts, like that Kevin Hart fucking video. Everything could hurt. And you're going to run good against the Dolphins because that, that defense sucks. And that's a, coming from a Dolphins fan. So, Miles Sanders running back 28 again. I don't like him one bit, but this is where he's being ranked. Running back 29. Now, expert consensus rankings have Ramondre Stevenson as the running back 18. How many times can we be fooled by Ramondre Stevenson before people start to actually backtrack and realize, look, I was a Stevenson truther. I thought even when Zeke was there, Stevenson was the only piece of this offense that was any good last season. I thought it was Ramondre Stevenson season this year, even with Zeke there. And he hasn't done shit over the last three weeks. Running back 51, 41, 32. This is a team that is dead in the water. This is a team that is just getting bent over the table weekly without the use of lube. This is a team that even against a poor... A, I almost said a porridge Raiders defense like I'm a fucking... Like that, uh... What's that children's story? You know what I'm talking about. Drinking the porridge, right? A piss poor Raiders defense. They look good against the, the Packers. I'm scared. Shiver me timbers. Fuck this, man. I'm done with Ramondre Stevenson. Running back 29 feels lucky for him to be ranked this high, if I'm being honest with you. Moving now to running back 30 and 31. Interchangeable here. Talking about them together. Roshan Johnson and Donta Foreman. Roshan Johnson remains in the concussion protocol. Now, it's only Thursday. Video is being recorded Wednesday night. It's 11, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm up all night to get lucky for you guys, you know? But what I will note is you need to pay attention to this shit. If he doesn't get out the concussion protocol on Friday, then Donta Foreman, in a great matchup against the Vikings, is going to move up. Now, I think if Roshan does get the go, he's going to be the lead back. Now, I know people are thinking, oh, oh my God, Donta Foreman... Donta Foreman, I sounded like Carl from uh, Jimmy Neutron, but Carl Weezer. But what I was saying, back to the main point here, put a bow on things. What I was saying is that Donta Foreman really isn't that good. There's a reason why he was a healthy scratch four fucking weeks in a row. There's a reason why. But if Donta Foreman's given the opportunity, then I think he is going to go go hard in the paint in this one. Travis Homer, the other running back on the team, that guy's not very good. So if Johnson gets ruled out. We're going to move Foreman up to the top of the E tier. Moving now into the F tier, the fuck it tier, right? If you're in this tier at running back, especially with only two teams on by, well, good luck, Charlie, as they would say on the Disney Channel. Running back 34 last week for Tyler Algier, running back 32 in my rankings. For some reason, Arthur Smith uh, didn't take his pills in the morning, his meds, because he gave the ball to Tyler Algier more than Bijan Robinson. Algier, though, does have proven upside. We saw it week one as the running back four. Great matchup against the Commanders. But again, you really want to start Tyler Algier at number 33, Tajay Spears, who had a amazing performance last week against the Colts as the running back nine. But again, in London, do we really think that this game is going to get so out of hand? I don't think so. 
I don't think this is going to be a game where the Titans are just crawling back in, trying to use Tajay Spears over Derrick Henry. Now, is it possible? 100%. But again, these London games always end up being close. At number 34, we got Gus Bus Edwards of the Ravens going up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. I will note that I have thought about where to rank Jeff Wilson. I don't know how healthy he really is. I think Jeff Wilson could easily outscore all of these guys as well as the guys that are in the E tier. But what I will tell you is this feels like Mostert is really going to be the guy this week. And then after Jeff Wilson gets his kind of wits about this week, then against the, I believe, the Eagles in prime time next week should be a fun one. That's when they're going to roll out the red carpet and we see a lot more Jeff Wilson. So that's just how I feel about this situation. There's going to be people in the comments, Nick, why do you not have Jeff Wilson ranked? Well, it's also because this video is being recorded on Wednesday. And my rankings change. If you check out the Patreon, the rankings update all the way until Sunday. So if you want the updated rankings, make sure you check out the Patreon. And I'll talk about it on Sunday as well. Now, Gus Edwards did end up getting cucked last week by Justice Hill. Justice Hill was the guy that ended up finding pay dirt in that game. He's ranked as my running back number 37. He was the running back 21 last week against the Steelers. Don't really project him to score this week. I think it's more likely that Gus Bus does it. The Ravens were a disaster last week. I think they play a bit better in this game. But again, there's really not much upside for Gus since he doesn't really catch passes. At number 35, we got Jaleel McLaughlin of the Broncos going up against the Chiefs in Kansas City. Back-to-back weeks as a top 10 back, which to me tells me that even if Javante is back, which he is, McLaughlin still has a role in this offense. But his upside is now severely limited, right? He's going to need to take those seven carries he's given to the fucking crib if he wants to be a startable back. At number 35, or number 36, sorry, we got Chuba Hubbard of the Panthers going up against the Dolphins in Miami. If Miles Sanders does not play, I'm moving Chuba Hubbard up to where Miles Sanders is at. I love this matchup against the Dolphins. But again, if Sanders plays, we're never really going to get that peak game out of Chuba Hubbards. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. Again, if you want to check out the Patreon, $7.50 linked in the video description. Make sure you check out one of the videos that's on your screen right now. I love you guys all so much. Again, thank you guys for 29,000 subscribers. You guys mean the world to me. Without you guys, none of this shit is possible. Without you guys, the whole ship sinks. Thank you guys for everything. Have a great one as always. Goop!